Welcome to this episode of the podcast, Guess What You're Gonna Hate. I'm Kate. And I'm Janine. And this is a podcast about exposing someone to the very worst and sometimes best, but mostly worst pop culture of the 2000s. So we're gonna go back to a choice episode, just because I'm honestly okay with watching either of those movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a weird theme. I spent all day um, running errands and going to garage sales and stuff with my dad, and while I was out, I realized I would need to pick a movie, and I was just like, okay, okay, what's the movie? And I was like, this one that my dad likes, and then I was like, oh, this one that my dad likes, because I kept seeing these movies at garage sales. <laughs> <laughs> Where they belong? Yeah, shut up. And um, <laughs> honestly, either both of them are fine, so I thought I'd just let you pick. So we're going to either do the movie Dodgeball, starring Vince Vaughn and Ben Stiller, Ooh. or the movie Secondhand Lions, starring Haley Joel Osment. And I can't remember the other actors who were in it, but there's some good ones. <laughs> so I think I've seen these like way back when they came out. But th- for some reason, like I'm not 100% sure if I saw Secondhand Lions, but I know for sure that we have the DVD at home <laughs> because the image of the poster, like I knew immediately what it was. Like as soon as I Googled it, it's like, oh, yeah, like I remember staring at that DVD. But I, I don't know if maybe the movie was just so bad that I blocked it out. It's not a bad movie. OK, so it's actually a good movie. It's actually these are actually good movies. <laughs> OK, see, I'm not used to that. So <laughs> but yeah, um, this this is a movie that um. I've seen a bunch of times because it's on like TNT a lot, mm-hmm. or, like TBS. It's one of those movies that they got the rights to, and it's so like kind of blandly inoffensive that it just plays whenever they don't have anything to watch, you know? Yeah. Multiple times in my life, I want to say upwards of 10 times in my life, have I like come home and my dad is sitting on the couch watching Secondhand Lions, and I just sit down from wherever it's it's playing, and I just watch the rest of it with him. So what's Secondhand Lions about? It's about a boy whose mom gets remarried, and um, it's, like, set back in, like, the 50s or 60s mm-hmm. or sometime. Like, not, like, a, I don't know, not super old times, but not, not currently. And then, um, so he gets sent to live with his, like, eccentric uncles who have, like, a bunch of stories about, like, sword fighting with a sheik and having a treasure and blah 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 but they're just really kind of crazy old guys who like bought a lion from like a traveling circus <laughs> and have like a lot of like weird um like weird stuff in their yard <laughs> it's fun i think i don't actually know if i ever watched this one because i think there's some movie i'm thinking of which also i think was set like focused on a young boy and was set in the past but all i remember is at one point i think he tried to run away i don't know if that's the same movie I don't know. It feels like there were a lot of, well, there's always coming of age stories, right? That's always a, a bestseller. Though Dodgeball with Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn, I'm kind of tempted to go that way because, I mean, Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn, that's a classic combo as far as like early 2000s. Well, I mean, they did a lot of stuff in the 2000s, but I know they did a lot in the late 90s too. It's kind of a classic combo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a movie about dodgeball of the, of the game dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I remember about that movie is uh, I think at one time, I don't remember this from watching it. I remember because all of the people in my grade thought it was hilarious to quote it. You know, like how you absorb a movie that way. Mm-hmm. And they would always quote that one part where he throws the, um, the, the wrench. wrench. Yeah. Yeah. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Yeah. That's the essence of the movie, I think, is Rip Torn screaming that and and throwing a wrench in justin long's face (laughs) hmm well what's your choice baby i know i feel so look i haven't gotten to choose a movie in forever it feels so 
so new. It's usually just like, you're watching Osmosis <laughs> Jones. Um, well, see, the thing is, Dodgeball would be a lot funnier, but I actually kind of want to watch Secondhand Lions because I don't know if I've seen it for real. I know I've seen Dodgeball, but the thing is, I'm not 100% <laughs> sure if I've seen Secondhand Lions. And you said Secondhand Lions is good, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Dodgeball's good, too. So yeah. if you don't think Dodgeball's good, then clearly my... um. My frame of reference is skewed, but uh, I've seen secondhand lions a lot. I'm going to go with dodgeball, mainly because I think that will be a little bit more fun to talk about. But I will, on my in my spare time, watch secondhand lions and see if I've seen it or not. Okay. Yeah, because I want to watch dodgeball because I feel like there's a lot to talk about with not only sports comedy films, which I know there were a couple in the 2000s, like Benchwarmers. Remember that one? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it was bad. I watched it recently. Don't it's not worth watching. And uh of course, like I said, Vince Vaughn and Ben Stiller, that's like a classic combo. So, it, there's a lot to talk about with that kind of humor for sure. Yeah. So, I think we're going to go with Dodgeball. Okay. Awesome. All right, so we're going to watch Dodgeball and come back. Yeah. Last week we guested on the M Word podcast, so be sure to check them out. They are a group of guys, uh, just two guys, I guess. Um, So the M word is two guys talking about millennials and trying to solve problems that the millennials have. For example, we tried to solve the problem of how we can cook. How do you cook meals? So be sure to check them out. We will put a link in the episode notes. And then also I'll be guesting on an upcoming episode of Not Your Little Lady. So be on the lookout for that. And also, if you need a little bit more mid-2000s nostalgia and humor and memes in your day, there's this Facebook group I really like that (laughs) they let me talk about my podcast and in return, I have to talk about, well, I don't have to talk about them, but I told them, I was like, hey, if you let me talk about my podcast and not ban me, I'll talk about your group. They're like, yeah, sure. All right. We'll tolerate you for now. (laughs) It's called, it's 2005 and this is cool as hell. (laughs) And it's awesome because, like, every day you get to relive. Well, it's awesome and then it's not awesome because you have to relive, like, your emo cringe phase, which, like, be real, everybody had it, even if it was just for, like... Let's be real. It's still... I'm still in the middle of mine. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, talk about, like, classic memes and stuff like that. And it's a lot of fun, especially if you're really into a lot of the stuff we cover in our mini-sodes. So be sure to check that out. Uh, I will definitely link that for sure. And make sure to join our Facebook group because we would love to talk more about random 2000s stuff with you guys. 2005, other 2000s years, whatever year you want. You know, one day we're going to have to rank the years of the 2000s. Okay, okay. Um, We can't do that right now. It's too big of a task. But one day we definitely will. It's on the agenda. Hmm. Or, alternatively, we could not do that. (laughs) What year did Smooth by Santana come out? (laughs) Oh, I think that was, uh, we just covered that. Why have I, so, um, Google is trying to tell me I can just search Smooth by Santana, but we know it's Smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas. Thomas of Matchbox 20. Yes. Okay, that, oh, that came out in 99. What? But it was on the charts in 2000. Eh, whatever. So the best year was 2000. The best year in 2000, and then the rest of them don't matter. So the best year of 2000 is actually 1999. Mm. Did you know that Smooth is ranked the second most successful song of all time by Billboard? Wow. Well, I mean, why not? Smooth is the only song to appear on two decade-end Billboard charts. Wow. 
Smooth is a collaboration between Latin rock band Santana and Matchbox 20 vocalist Rob Thomas. The song was written by Thomas. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just reading the <laughs> No, now it's like, well, this isn't a movie episode anymore. This is a Smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20 episode. <laughs> it won three Grammy Awards. <laughs> okay, all right, well, we will go watch Dodgeball, which is in no way related to Smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20, and we will be back. <laughs> Hello, my name is Connor. And I'm Kyle. Kyle lives in Texas. And Connor lives in LA. We host a podcast called The M Word. We're just two millennials holding on to our friendship across thousands of miles. While also trying to solve the problems of a generation. Like staying motivated. Avocados. Taxes. Russia. Cooking dinner. All of the terrible things that interrupt a millennial's daily life on this dying planet. Climate change is real. So listen to The M Word every Friday at mwordpod.com or wherever you get podcasts. Breaking stereotypes one podcast at a time. Except avocado. We love avocados. All right, so we're back. Uh, just watched Dodgeball, which I guess has the, the subtitle, A True Underdog Story. Okay, so do we want to do a quick plot rundown? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, so um, you got Vince Vaughn. He's playing a guy named Peter who owns like a gym that no one goes to. And he like defaults on the gym's mortgage or something. Because he's literally too lazy to open his mail and read it. Yeah, so this piece of shit across the street who owns, like, a big gym, like, chain, played by Ben Stiller, buys his gym from him, like, buys it out from under him, and he's gonna tear it down and, like, turn it into a parking lot. Unless, of course, our hero Peter can raise $50,000 in, like, the next month. He decides to join a dodgeball tournament, because apparently it has a $50,000 prize because like dodgeball tournaments do that makes sense it does (laughs) (laughs) and they form a really shitty team and the only way they get into like the semifinals is by like winning by default when they find out that one of the people on the other team which is like a team of girl scouts i need you to know like young girl scouts one of the teammates has like been doping so they're disqualified (laughs) they go to through the tournament and they end up getting like someone who's actually good, they get Ben Stiller's attorneys on her on her team. She's a lawyer, right? I think she like works for the bank that's handling the mortgage for the gym, but she is a lawyer and she does work with Ben Stiller because Ben Stiller's purchased the remaining mortgage to buy the gym. He has to fire her so that uh, because he wants to date her and says, oh yeah, I got you fired. I said that you were drinking on the job. And she rightfully, like, punch, like almost punches him and leaves. And then Pete scoops her up. Doesn't she actually punch him? Because she, she, he's like, no one ma- it makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he pu- if she punched him or if it was like she pushed him into the wall of his house. It was, it was something like that. Rightfully so. I mean, because he was, like, grabbing her, trying to kiss her. So. And he got her fired from her job. Yeah. Yeah, so she joins the team and she's actually good because she played softball for a long time or something. Of course, there's like other random bullshit going on. Like one of the one of the the teammates is like a high school cheerleader, and he has to go like be in the cheerleading competition. And one guy's a thinks he's a pirate, <laughs> and the other ones are just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> there's really not a lot to say besides the fact that I don't know they just aren't very good at dodgeball, but somehow make it into the finals. Yeah, they get coached by this man named... Um, Patches O'Houlihan. 
Patches O'Houlihan, who was actually like a dodgeball champion and was on the educational film that Justin stole from his PE class to show them how to play dodgeball. Because a group of grown men didn't know the rules of dodgeball for some reason. I mean, I'm just going to be real with you. The rules of dodgeball are in the name. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) So, um, yeah, but he ends up, like, finding that, like, overhearing at the bar when Ben Stiller's got, his name is White something, and his team is the Cobras. Good men, I think. And he, like, threatens Pete right there, this team of Cobras, who are named Laser... Uh, what is it? It's laser. It's 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 like blaze, laser, blazer. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and then Michelle, and then Fran from Romanovia, which apparently has the national sports of dodgeball. No blade, um, sorry, blade, laser, and blazer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, and then Patches overhears this happening, decides to take them under his wing, and. Um, does that iconic line when he uh, reveals that he has a bunch of wrenches on his table <laughs> when he's watching them train and will randomly throw wrenches at them because if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. It's truly the most iconic line from the movie. <laughs> and then he even goes, if you can dodge a car, you can dodge a ball, and he makes them run in the freeway and they get hit by cars. Uh, and then from there, I mean, it's a pretty standard like tale of a team winning, you know, it, like... They go head to head with different teams and it kind of does like this montage of like them winning and the Cobras winning. But the night before the big game, like between the Cobras and the average Joes, Pete gets an offer from White that White will give him $100,000 if he will sell the gym to him. And it's not clear whether he took the offer, but he does come back to the bar where the team is commiserating because <laughs> Patch Zohulahan got. Uh, crushed by a sign that said the luck of the Irish. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> Rip uh, Torn is truly a treasure in any role. Yes, for real. And uh, he says, yeah, like there's no point in even trying to, to win tomorrow because you know we're going to lose. And so I think in the final game, he's gone. And then when Peter was leaving the bar that night, he finds Steve, the pirate, and who like greets him happily. And then Peter goes, you're not a pirate. You never will be. And leaves, and then Steve just like puts him into like a like a existential crisis. Yeah. <laughs> he walks through the streets of Las Vegas, and people are making fun of him. And he's like, Ugh. yeah. And he doesn't show up for the final game. And then also, as you mentioned, because Justin Long's character, who's conveniently named Justin, <laughs> uh, finds out he's staying in the same hotel as Amber, the girl that he had a crush on in the cheerleading team. Who um, is there with her boyfriend? Who, yeah, he had like quit the cheerleading team because he got embarrassed because he lifted up some like big girl and she crushed him. Yeah, did you know? Did you um, know who that was? The, the it was uh, the yeah, girl. Mary Beth from um, uh, all that. Yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, I don't know why, but I did somehow remember that scene, but I didn't remember it from this movie. I thought it was in some like high school comedy film. I don't know if maybe they've done a similar scene in a different movie. Maybe you thought. You know, it like it feels like that scene should be in the movie accepted. Yeah, maybe. I was pretty sure I watched this movie, but I really didn't remember much of the plot because honestly, a lot of the plot is pretty forgettable. Like I said, it's pretty standard. Like, you know, they come to head to head at the end. There's a lot of celebrity cameos in this movie, too, which was kind of strange. Like William Shatner is the coach and like Chuck Norris is one of the judges. <laughs> like <laughs> William Shatner is a coach? Um, not a coach, uh, the counselor, like the leader. Oh, right. And, um, yeah. David Hasselhoff is a coach. Yeah, David Hasselhoff's the coach. 
Yeah, so they get to the end, and at first it looks like they're going to have to forfeit, but then Peter gets a pep talk from, of all people, Lance Armstrong. It's before, the, it's before like, the big doping scandal. It's literally, like, a few months before the big doping scandal. Back when he was still a hero. <laughs> yeah, I was looking it up, and the first um, allegations of him doping, like, came from, like, 2004, but he didn't admit that he did that until 2013, so... In that year where this came out, he was still a hero. But at this time, like, watching it, knowing what we know now, it was, like, a very, like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh. It's, like, basically watching... It's basically just watching yeah. any movie with Kevin Spacey in it now. You're just like, oh. I thought he was doing such a good job pretending to be a creep, but he's really a creep. <laughs> at least, like... You know, there's a big difference between doping and being, like, a sexual predator, at least. So... <laughs> yeah, I was watching, um, I'm just, this is totally off topic. Sorry, everyone. And whatever. You know how, like, um, 30 Rock has a bunch of, like, cameos from, like, people who were working at NBC at the time Mm -hmm. and all that? Every time I see Brian Williams on there and I think about, like, how Brian Williams was, like, a disgraced former newsman now because of his, like, lie about being in a helicopter that got shot down, I just think, that's not bad enough anymore. Give him his job back. <laughs> I'm like, he didn't molest anyone. It's fine. He just, he's just a dummy. <laughs> Sounds so bad. I'm like, yeah, my standards are getting so low for like what is like inexcusable behavior that I'm like, breach of trust with the American public. I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. It's like we, we can't afford to raise the bar because then we won't have any actors left. I know. It's like, come on, give Brian Williams his job <laughs> But yeah, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, he like, gets a pep talk at like the airport bar from Lance Armstrong and he goes back just in time that so they don't have to forfeit. And then it looks like they lose... But the ref is like, White stepped over the line. Sudden death round. And then it's even stupider because they put, they make him stand in a circle. Or they, wait. It's like a triangle. It's very weird. They make White and Peter both stand in like triangles on the opposite ends of the court. And they have to like try to hit each other with a dodgeball. And of course, Peter being. I don't know what Peter's being, but it's like a it's like a Matrix parody where he like blindfolds himself with Patches's like dirty old scarf. Is it Matrix or is it Star Wars? Maybe it's a little bit of both because like White throws the ball at him and he like instinctually moves like all slow mo, you know? Oh, true, yeah. And then he throws it and he nails him, and it's like he won, yay! Oh, but that's not all. He that's only doesn't doesn't just only win because. White goes, well, it doesn't even matter because you did sign over the bar to me last night. And the team's all like, oh, the why gym. would, or yeah, you did sign the gym over to me last night. This does seem like a movie where the, the, the thing in peril should be a bar. Yeah, you're right. It really does. <laughs> but of course, what he had this in mind all along. And what he did is he took the $100,000 and invested it like White told him to in a bet against his own team. No, no. With his own team. Oh. Wait, yeah, okay, with his own team. I was like, so, he won. If he had yeah. done it against it, he would have thrown the game. Okay, all right, yeah, you're right. Um, and it was like, and it was like he bet it that his team would win. See, I don't bet, so I don't know how these things work. <laughs> he bet that his team would win, and it was like 50 to 1 odds. Like, there was basically no way that his team was going to win against Globo Gym. So yeah. the fact that he did win, he put $100,000 down, and he came back with $5 million. So he... Takes that money, and since White's Gym is a publicly owned company, he buys a majority share, which I feel like 
would be more than $5 million. At the beginning of the movie, when White is kind of like trash-talking Pete, because Pete comes to the gym to be like, hey, why did you buy my gym? And White says, because you slept with three of my female trainers. He had to point out female because he didn't want to get any wrong ideas, right? Because it's 2004. And and also, clearly, if you just said trainers, you'd think it was a man. <laughs> yeah. And he says something like, he's trying to trash talk and goes like, my company's worth $4 million. Your company isn't even worth four. So I think it's because his company's worth $4 million. Having the $5 million means he could buy the majority shares. I guess I was just thinking, like, yeah, I guess he says, like, $4 million, but it's just, like, one of those things where, like, he talks of it just seems like a much more successful company that it would be worth more than $4 million, but whatever. Well, so, so I was watching this film with uh, Daryl, because Daryl told me he had never seen Dodgeball, except that he also knew that iconic, uh, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball line. And he used to really like that movie, Basketball, you know, the by the creators of South Park. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like another sports comedy film. So he was like, okay, well, we'll watch this one too. And he pointed out to me, because I didn't notice this. So when they get the prize money from the bet, because apparently like you immediately get paid out on a bet and they give it to you in a giant treasure chest for some reason. Yeah, duh. The treasure chest is actually labeled Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. <laughs> so it literally, like, it's just because they had no other way to resolve this film nicely. They, um... Let's make it dumb. But yeah, so he buys the gym, which means he gets his gym back. And the movie ends with Ben Stiller in a fat suit. Yeah, because so Ben Stiller owns this super successful Globo gym, which is like part gym, part plastic surgery Cult. place. <laughs> and um, he apparently he used to be really fat. Like they said, like 600 pounds, whatever. And then. Um, now he's fit, and then at the end of the movie, he's fat again. And there's, like, a very weird self-aware bit where he says basically, like, oh, you know, good guy wins, bad guy loses, big freaking surprise. That's the problem with American cinema. You can't handle any complexity. Like, don't think. I just want to be entertained. He goes, all right, fine. And then he, he like, parts his robe to show his, like, fat suit boobs and starts shaking them to the tune of My Milkshake Brings All the Boys to the Yard for, like, an uncomfortably long time. And he's, like, very greasy. He just looks really bad, and it's just like, and then that's it. That's Well, no, that's not just it. He says, he says, are you happy? Fatty make a funny? And then you're just left feeling dirty at the end of the movie. It's like, why did I watch this? It's really funny, because on the, um... On the DVD, at least, there's a, like, a, a recut version of the ending where um, the movie just ends after they lose the first time. Like, there's no, there's, <laughs> there's no, um, there's no section where it's like, he stepped over the line, they just lose, and it's over. <laughs> I would, that's amazing. That would make this movie a lot better. <laughs> it just makes you, it just makes you feel really, like, kind of like you wasted your time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, this entire movie feels like a waste of time, but, like, when they, like, actually lose and there's, like, no reason for them, there's, like, when they actually lose, it just feels worse. Yeah, and it's, like, I'm laughing now, like, recounting this to you, but, you know, watching the movie, actually, I don't really think I laughed much at all, except for, <laughs> um, like, man, I'm just trying to think if there was really any moment that actually made me laugh genuinely. I think actually there was. Um, was it when he when he gets hit with the wrench? Because that actually is pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the other part when um, when White is hitting on the lawyer Kate uh, or Catherine, so we don't get confused and see her name's Kate. I mean, that's also my. And um, she's a sexual harassment lawyer, but he's hitting on her, 
And he goes, we should go on a date sometime. And then she, like, you hear, like, a small gag noise. She goes, sorry, I, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. And that did actually kind of make me laugh. So, <laughs> did you know that was Marsha from the Brady Bunch? Did you know that they were married for a long time? Wait, really? I didn't know that. And actually, like, a lot about this film is pretty, like, consistent. Like, they bring up a lot of things, and it always pays off at the end. Like, the cheerleader thing paid off. It wasn't just a weird, like, part of his backstory. One of the characters, Gordon, is reading a magazine called Obscure Sports Quarterly. And then that's how he finds out there's a dodgeball tournament. Right after one of the scenes when they're going out to the game, somebody asks him what happens if you get a double fault where two people are ruled at fault. And he says, oh, it's a 113D, sudden death. It's in the bylaws, like things like that. Like all of those things pay off eventually, which is actually kind of surprising. Very rare. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in a movie like this, like, I don't know, like things always kind of come back around. There's like a really, there's an early joke that one guy says something about like his cousin was on a roller coaster and he got hit by in the face by a bird. And then, like, later in the movie, like, that's what happens to the shitty cheerleader guy. So that's why Justin has to be in the cheerleading contest. Yeah, no, no. Dwight Dwight um, says to him, because, so Justin sees Amber and her Amber's boyfriend, Derek, at in the hotel. And he's, like, bummed out. And Dwight tries to cheer him up and goes, hey, well, don't worry about it. He'll probably fall out of the roller coaster and break every bone in his body like my cousin did. And then Amber, like, runs up to Justin in the lobby of the hotel and was like, you won't believe it. Derek fell out of the roller coaster and <laughs> broke every bone in his body. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it, everything does pair off, which is very, like, <laughs> like you said, it's very rare. And actually, like, it's kind of funny the that a movie The bird on a that... roller coaster thing is from 30 Rock. <laughs> I was thinking about that. <laughs> I just, I've seen a couple of videos of people getting hit by a bird on a roller coaster, and it's always funny. <laughs> I'm like, oh, poor bird. <laughs> I've never had that fear before, but now it's the only thing I'm going to be thinking out next time I'm on a roller coaster. Oh, here's the thing about me on roller coasters. The entire process of being on the roller coaster is the fear for me. <laughs> I'm just like clutching the, the bar and just going, no, 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 no. And then like you get to the bottom and there's like a picture of you like at some point in the thing. And I just look very sick. <laughs> it's a bad time. Yeah. There's also another reoccurring joke throughout the film that Kate's character is a les or Catherine's character is a lesbian. You can call her Kate. It's fine. You just say character. Yeah. OK. So the lawyer character is a lesbian because of multiple things like she used to be on the softball team or like uh, she's really she's good. She's like. She has, like, a braid, or she's just, like, kind of mean, yada, yada, And I was like, okay, this better pay off at the end, because this is pretty, like, at this point, she's getting a little bit homophobic. And then um, at the end, it does a weird twist, which I was kind of like, what? Like, I guess this is representation in a way, because her girlfriend shows up to celebrate, and then Pete's like, oh, man, she is a lesbian. And, like, they, they hug, and she's, no, I'm not a lesbian. I'm actually bisexual. And then for some reason, she decides to go make out with Pete. And it's like... Just because your girlfriend's right there. Yeah, your girlfriend's right there. Your girlfriend who was, like, on a trip somewhere and came out specifically to come to this game. To watch you play dodgeball. Yeah. Like, and she's here, and then you're going to make out with some dude. Like, any sports movie or any movie, like, especially a comedy, like, kind of parroting a lot of the older stuff at the end. They all have, like, a, oh, well, where are they now type deal. And it ends very nicely again. Another foil uh, the movie opens with a commercial for White's Gem, Globo Gem, and it ends with a commercial for the Average Joe's Gem, 
where he's like, I hear at Average Joe's, you're perfect just the way you are, but if you want to get a little bit healthier, blah, blah, blah. And then it cuts to, like, the final image is, like, all of the people from the film, like, they're, you know, waving at the camera. They're coupled up, yeah. basically. And, Did yeah. you notice that Justin's girlfriend, Amber, is knocked up? Like, very pregnant, yeah. Yeah. I was like, what a weird thing to just throw at the end of the movie, teenage pregnancy. It was a different time. It was a better time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows? It was a, I mean, but for all like the weird humor in it, like the only thing that was really like, I guess, you know, if you wanted to get picky about it, like offensive would probably be like the, the bi lesbian storyline. And then also like, you know, playing off for being fat as a joke at the end, but like, it's a very self-aware joke. So, I mean, it's, you know, mm-hmm. on the one hand, you whatever. gotta be like, you're like, whoa, they made that self-aware joke back in 2004 or whatever. It's like. yeah. It's like for, for a 2004, like comedy was really bad. Like for a lot, I mean, I'm not, not, I'm not going to say bad, but like they could have pulled a lot of cheap punches that they didn't pull. So, I mean, most of the time it just was very self-aware, like, making fun of stereotypes. Like, some of the teams were stereotyped on, like, there was a German team, a Japanese team, and, like, a team of inner-city kids. They all, like, did, like, yeah, like, the Japanese team. They were all doing, like, flips and kung fu and shit. It's just, like, a lot of, like, stupid stereotypes, but, like, overall, like, not the worst or most offensive movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I mean, it's no, like, like the ending of Ace Ventura when he finds out that she's trans. It's not like that, you know, which is kind of, like, again, as you said, we have to keep the bar really low. Yeah. <laughs> like, super low. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, if we were watching movies that came out in the last few years and this was, like, a movie that came out last year, I'd be, like, this is, like, kind of gross, but now I'm just, like whatever 2004 was a simpler time yeah it's like when you watch an old tv show and it's just like every person is being like horrifically sexist to like a secretary and you're just like whatever (laughs) they were like sexist and creepy to kate but they all got kind of like reprimanded for it like no one was like encouraged to keep doing it and it was like very obviously a douchey move to do it so whatever what i thought was kind of interesting about this i was getting like deja vu at the beginning of this film and i remember i realized it was because Ben Stiller plays this, like, douchey fitness instructor, very similar to the same character he plays in the 1990s movie Heavyweight, which is a movie about a fat camp where basically his company comes and purchases the fat camp to try and make, like, an inspirational, like, documentary about his life where he, like, gets a whole bunch of kids into shape. And I was almost like, I was like, please tell me it's, like, the same company he's working for. But I don't think it is. I was like, that would have been like, a really sure weird, like, continuation of the the world from heavyweights to dodgeball. It's like, man, that guy just turned into a, a super big creep. And now he's, and now he owns a gym. <laughs> It changed his name. <laughs> well, like, in the movie Heavyweights, which is actually really not that bad a movie, it's kind of cute, like, especially for a 90s movie, like, that's literally focuses on fat people, but somehow manages to not, like, pull the, the cheapest punches, you know? At the end of that movie, he's, like, tied up by the the kids, and, like, they take over the camp, stuff like that, so, I mean, that would only just further his rage and make him become <laughs> this <laughs> Globo Gym AmeriCorps fitness instructor. There's actually, like... I know I said I didn't really laugh that much at the movie, but I think it was because a lot of the jokes were kind of like, eh, all right, that's like, you deserves a chuckle, but no, like, gut, be- you know, gut-busting laughter. There was, like, something when he, at the beginning, when he's talking, because they also offer plastic surgery, and he's like, legally, you'll still be you, but you'll go from Frankenstein to Frankenfine. <laughs> okay, all right, you got me there. Was that an, oh, man, that's terrible. <laughs> 
It's just really bad. It just. I think one other thing that kind of is just uh, maybe one of the reasons I didn't think this movie was as funny as maybe it could have been is I'm not really sure I really like Vince Vaughn as an actor. Yeah, like I'm, I'm about I'm like just going through um, like Vince Vaughn movies right now, and all I can think of is just like ugh, 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 ugh. Yeah, like, the whole movie, like, even during the most, like, stressful parts for his character, he has the same tone in his voice, which I guess is, like, kind of his thing. Like, he kind of cornered the market on, you know, saying things and kind of not really necessarily a deadpan, but more of just, like, a quiet, like, kind of dismissive, like, too cool to care. Like, the only movies he's really in that I really like at all are he's, like, barely in, like, Anchorman and... Yeah, um, I'm going through and I'm just not really seeing any that I care about. It's just for him to be like the main character. He could have been a little bit more dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. I guess he does have some character gro- growth, though, like because in the beginning of the movie, he literally says he has no goals at all. Like Kate says, uh, do you because he's like. She's like, why didn't you pay any of your bills for eight months? And he, or you haven't collected any of your membership fees for 18 months. Is it strictly apathy or do you really not have a goal in life? And he says, I found that if you have a goal that you might not reach it. But if you don't have one, then you are never disappointed. And I got to tell you, it feels phenomenal. (laughs) I mean, which like very relatable, but same so he does go from that from a character of apathy to a character that could pull off that deus ex machina at the end do you think that like after the movie he just like fucking just like drives global gym into the ground i mean he kind of does he, he kind of destroys the global gym brand because i think well i mean he destroys he destroys the brand but i think maybe he might just be putting his name onto the already existing gyms yeah but like i bet like by the end of it he loses like all of his money again yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. They probably had some weird, like, sequel in the works that was something like that. Just like, he's bad at business, and he's never gonna change. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, you can't, as much as the movie would like to, but then again, I mean, we're just falling for that same trap that uh, the self-aware Ben Stiller at the end says, like, you know, it's just American cinema, don't think too hard. And, yeah. <laughs> which, like, yeah, hard. this movie doesn't want you to think too hard about it, but, I mean... It's got some really good ratings online, which I was kind of surprised at because I rented it from Amazon and it was like four out of five stars. I was like, really? For this movie? But I think it's because like for a comedy film, you've got the self-awareness at the end and like the really well, everything plays off. Like everything has, if it's introduced, it plays off in the end, which is, you know. Yeah, I do. Like there's, there's never just like missing threads. Everything's tied up at the end. Um... I guess it's just, like, it's enjoyable in a way that, like, after it's over, unless you're, like, weird like I am, you don't have to think about it anymore. (laughs) You know, like, some movies, like, they end and you're like, wait, what about that? What about that? What about that? What about that? You're, like, staring into your refrigerator at night and just thinking, wait, what happened? Why? How did? What? No? No. Wait, what? (laughs) This movie's like, okay. Everything has an answer. Close the refrigerator door. You're done. Yeah. Everything has an answer. It's, It's great. I mean, I mean, the only thing is that. It's just really weird that they would just... No, I can't even... I mean, everything pays off. Except I do think it's still very weird how they introduced the teenage pregnancy at the very end. Like, well, bam! Because, like, a no, like you'd totally miss it if you didn't watch it closely. Yeah. Well, like, the first time I the first time I saw it, I thought the pregnant one was, like, the woman who was on the other dodgeball team who ended up with the, the dork. Yeah. And then, like, I watched it again, and I was like... Yeah. I was like, wait. Oh, that's... That's Justin Long's girlfriend. Okay. 
Yeah, I only noticed because Justin was, like, right next to her. Because she had kind of a forgettable face, too. Which isn't really her fault. It's just, like, every character in the movie, all the girls were blonde, except for Fran, who was the mm-hmm. ugly one. So. Who was, like, very pretty in real life. Really? I didn't know who she was. It's Missy Pyle. Oh. She's pretty. Another thing that maybe, like, made the movie feel a little bit less genuine is not only, like, the celebrity cameos, but also all of the people playing main characters were, like pretty decently popular in the 2000s and came from other major comedies like lots of characters from office space jason bateman played one of the um announcers that's he's like my favorite character in the movie he's like one of the color commentators and he's an idiot his name's pepper (laughs) apparently so the people who cover dodgeball are espn channel 8 the ocho the ocho and (laughs) apparently last year they ESPN actually created ESPN eight the Ocho for April Fools. So good. Did they have um like thirteen years after the movie came out though? Because it's like a vaguely iconic movie that everyone's at least gonna remember. ESPN eight the Ocho. Dodgeball all the time. The schedule was the disc golf ca- championship, the roller derby championship, <laughs> ultimate trampoline dodgeball. Holy shit! I would watch all of these. Firefighters World Challenge. I would watch all of these. It's like, it goes down like darts, arm wrestling, bags. Wait, bags? Bags. What's bags? bags? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Street Fighter, the Moxie Games, and the Ultimate Champions. I would watch most of these. Yeah. Get on it. Get on it for real, ESPN. Yeah, like this shouldn't have just been for one day. It needs to be all the time. This should be a thing that I get to watch. I want to watch Roller Derby on TV. I was actually thinking, you know, instead of doing our thing where we uh, come up with a crime, because this movie, you know, I'm sure we could come up with something, but I think it might be more fun if we come oh, up with a new to, sport. Just extort a lawyer and get them fired. <laughs> yeah, well, that's very easy. I mean, there are plenty of crimes in this movie, but it would be fun to come up with either a new sport or a sport that should be on TV. Okay. Um, okay, basketball, but everyone's on rollerblades. Ooh, I like that. So would it have to be outside? No skates. No skates, rollerblades only, and no. They just put it on a um, a hockey rink, but um, with wood. <laughs> okay, so like a combination of roller derby and basketball. And it's on a roller rink. It's mostly just basketball on wheels, and also people fall down a lot. <laughs> you know what would be really hard? You know what would be really hard? What? Soccer on skates. <laughs> I don't think you could do that. <laughs> I feel like you could, but you would get really hurt. You'd hurt. You'd get really hurt. Yeah. It's like anything on roller skates, you're automatically upping the hurt factor. <laughs> so yeah, I guess like just, um, just basketball on roller skates, roller blades. I want blades. I don't want skates. I want blades. Yeah. That would actually be pretty sweet. I would totally watch that. Yeah. What are some weird sports that you've heard of? Because I've heard of Turkish oil wrestling, which I would definitely pay to watch on TV because it's just a bunch of like built, attractive muscly men wrestling each other with oil which like seems like softcore porn but it's actually a real sport look it up there's jello wrestling which <laughs> is just softcore porn yeah see it's not jello wrestling we're a little bit more refined than that it's oil and it's turkish okay what else what and other? also extreme ironing i don't i don't want to believe that's real so i won't <laughs> it's an extreme sport in which people take ironing boards to remote locations and iron items of clothing that's not a sport it's literally, there's a, there's a whole 
I know, I know it's Wikipedia, but there's a Wikipedia article about it, and there's even an extreme. No, here's the thing: like you can call it a, you can you can call it extreme ironing, and I believe that people do it, <laughs> but it's not a sport because where's the you're, there's no points. I think the only yeah, you're right. I mean, like at that point, it's they call it it's an not a ex- competition, an extreme sport because it's got a high degree of risk, but it's more just like an extreme activity. There's no scoring yeah. there. Yeah, it's not a sport. It's not an organized sport. That's stupid. I hate it. But there's actually an extreme ironing bureau, which I think is the most important thing to take away from that. That it, there's not I think just it's the worst thing I've ever heard, and I want to kill them. <laughs> Here's the crime: find someone who's in the extreme ironing bureau and murder them, <laughs> or just like wherever they're set up ironing, just like blo- like do a light breeze and knock them off. So no, just just toss that ironing board down the hill, and then maybe they'll ride it down the hill or down the mountain or wherever they are, and they can do an actual sport <laughs> it's just snowboarding <laughs> or um basketball on rollerblades i uh, honestly i prefer that one what would we call it would we call it like blade ball basket blades basket basket blades we have to co- okay tm 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 that is now copyright our intellectual copyright property Copy- copyright 2018 to uh infinity until we both die and then it's public domain. Yeah. Basket blades. Basket blades. Um, I think we're going to have to definitely get on that. Basket blades is our new intellectual property. We're going to get rid of this. We're going to make a million dollars. And and then we're going to lose a million dollars because of personally, personal liability. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to come out on this in the black, but barely. <laughs> With black eyes. There's something oh, there. Yeah, it's good. Like we get, like we hit a bird on a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to sue the roller coaster, but you know you still come and up on the top. bird. <laughs> what about um that baseball player who hit a bird? You know. Oh no! Have you ever seen that clip? <laughs> I have. It's so sad. It's just like the perfect freak accident. Yeah, it was uh, Randy Johnson. And he is the only pitcher to have hit and destroyed a bird. Upon <laughs> destroyed. Obliterated a bird. It's so... It was in 2001. So actually, it's relevant to this podcast. Uh, I just like... Now I'm just thinking about it, and I just got like upset again. Because it's just like... It just explodes. <laughs> it just... It literally... It's like a poof of like feathers. You're like, what just happened? It's just, a, it's just really... Also, like Randy Johnson is just like... The perfect porn name. <laughs> You're right. right. I mean, you can't really argue with that. But see, there's the good thing about Blade Ball. What was it? Roller- basket Blades. Basket Blades. God. Basket Blades is that it's very dangerous, but I don't think you could kill a bird playing Basket Blades. I mean, I feel like since birds are kind of um, fragile, I feel like you could kill a bird in a lot of ways, but I feel like it'd be more difficult to kill a bird <laughs> playing basket blades. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm like just looking at a, um, I'm looking at a screen grab of that, of that bird pitch. And it's just like a big puff of feathers. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Seriously, guys, if you have not seen it, you need to look at the clip for Randy Johnson. You're going to feel kind of bad. <laughs> feel kind of bad but at the same time like we're not exaggerating it's the play was ruled a no pitch (laughs) oh no see that's the thing is maybe the only thing that could have improved dodgeball was a bird being in the court just explodes just explodes well i feel like there's a lot of ways that movie could be improved we can't say the only way the movie could be improved is if we watched a bird explode (laughs) (laughs) i think a 
lot of movies could be uh, improved with an exploding bird, though. But that's not, like, the only way that a bunch of movies could be improved. <laughs> you know, this movie would have been the best movie ever made, but there was no bird explosion. <laughs> Uh, well, I think we've said about as much as we can about the movie Dodgeball and about birds exploding. I mean, I could talk a lot more about birds exploding, but um, okay, <laughs> we'll put a cap in that. I did have to wonder, though, you said you recommended this movie because it's something you rewatched several times with your dad. Do you think it's worth a rewatch? Like, do you think it's like, or is it something you kind of just put in the background? I think like if you're flipping through channels and it's on TBS, then you might as well stop and watch it. Yeah. I would say that too. It's like a lot of the movies we watch, I'm like, uh, it's not really worth seeking out. But like Dodgeball, like I said, for a mid 2000s comedy film that has no reason being as well constructed as it is, everything pays off in it. Like the jokes, like, yeah, they kind of get into like a little bit uncomfortable territory, but nothing like horrible. So like it's, you're never like, what? You're just like, uh. Yeah, he was like, ah, I mean, it was the, it was 2004, so whatever, but... Like, this is... It's, it was a simpler time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep saying that. <laughs> uh, wait, there's... I guess there's two ways this movie could be improved. Uh-huh. One, if we saw a bird explode. Yeah, obviously. Two, if it featured the song Smooth by Santana featuring Rob uh, Thomas of Matchbox 20. Well, yeah, I mean, that's like our next criteria for picking a movie, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure it is, actually. <laughs> but yeah, so... Okay, everybody, get out there and play Basketblades, and if you... Get- Get hurt. That's not our fucking fault. Please, though, if you do play Basket Blades, you have Film to send it. us pictures. You can find us on Twitter at Hate Podcast, on Facebook, I guess what you're going to hate, or on our website, hatepodcast.com. Send those vids. Just like that would fulfill my life to see somebody send playing those vids. Basket Blades. Though, of course, if you do send, take a picture of you playing Basket Blades and you don't give us, like, the $5 enrollment fee for taking our idea and using it, then we'll have to sue you. Yeah, even if you get really hurt. Yeah, I mean, that's just the rules of TM. Especially if you get hurt, actually. I think it's, like, double jeopardy. It's, like, you got hurt and you didn't pay us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll see you guys next time. Bye.